G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Every single person fits in one of four categories, each category represented by these chairs. Hello and welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. Today we'll continue Pastor Jeff's message, The Four Chairs, all about the different places we can be sitting in our spiritual walk. And I didn't come up with it. Jesus did. He said, first thing, you got to repent. you got to acknowledge you're in that chair and get out of it. It's the power of decision. This is Today with Jeff Vines and the conclusion of The Four Chairs. Now, then you've got chair four. Chair four. Oh, man, when you meet them, you know them. Chair four people believe in God. Not only do they believe in God, man, they are so passionate about salvation and what Jesus has done for them. They do crazy things like lift their hands in worship. And to them, worship is not something you just do on the weekend, man. Worship is a lifestyle. You'll find these people be crazy. They're crazy people, man. They're worshiping God in the shower. They don't get, I mean, when they wake up in the morning, the first thing their mind goes to is God. They think, man, I can't make it today without God. I better go before God right now. They don't do it all the time, but that's the way they think. They're not perfect people. They sin just like everybody else. But when they do, they have great sorrow about it and they repent and move on and receive the grace of God. To them, grace is beautiful, but it's not cheap. It costs God something dearly. So they don't take it for granted. They appreciate it day after day after day. You'll find them worshiping in their car. They'll have worship CDs and they'll be singing going down the street and people think they're crazy. They believe in the word of God so deeply that when their emotions start to lead them astray, they will actually grab themselves by the scruff of the neck and lead themselves to what they know to be real and true, the word of God. And they'll remind themselves that it doesn't matter what I feel, the truth is this and this is how I will live. These are very special people. In chair four, oh yeah, these are people, they've got discipline, spiritual discipline in their lives. They're they're trying their best to be in the word a little bit every day. Now they don't always, they're not perfect people, but they're trying their best to get the word in their lives every day. They're trying their best to spend some quiet time with God almost every day. Coming to church for them is a privilege, man. They can't wait to get here. And they're the kind of people that look at the preacher and say, hey dude, man, you gotta work on that. We need a little bit more than that. I love those people. They don't say it out loud, but I can see it on their faces. (laughs) I love to look at people when they say, hey, too much you, not enough Jesus. That tells me these are chair four people. The telltale sign of chair four people, God gets the very best of them. First fruits in every area of their lives. Jesus describes them in Matthew 13, 23, but the seed... Falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. This is the only chair that produces fruit. Why? Because this is the only fruit. This is the only chair. The only people that are intimate with God. And when you're intimate with God, God rubs off on you. 
You start to think the thoughts of God. You start to hurt like God hurts. You start to shun the world and live ultimately for the kingdom of God. Now let's review. Which chair are you in? Oh, wait a minute. We haven't done chair one, have we? <laughs> chair one. Oh, yeah. I got an affinity for chair one. If you're in chair one, now this is going to, for, for chair two, three, and four people, what? But if you're in chair one, this is going to really resonate with you. So if you're in chair two, three, or four, actually, if you're in chair four, you need to be praying anyway, but listen. <laughs> chair one, people, you believe in God. You do. Uh, but you're not sure you believe that God has revealed himself through anybody. Uh, you consider yourself an intellectual. Okay. And so you believe, you're, you're at CCV and you come to church because you believe in good things. And you want to be associated with people who are doing, in your mind, good things. The problem with you is, even though you believe in the good, you have no ultimate point of reference for the good. In other words, you've never stopped to ask, even though you would claim yourself to be intellectual, you've never stopped to ask the second question. Which is, if there's good in the world, then there must be evil. And if there's good and evil, there's got to be a moral law that governs those categories. And if there's a moral law that governs the categories of good and evil, where does the moral law come from? And if there's a moral law that governs those categories, it has to be absolute. Otherwise, the categories of good and evil are changing. So who can give us an absolute moral law to give us absolute definitive categories of good and evil other than an absolute moral law giver, God? And when we talk about the categories of good and evil, we do so with the understanding or the presupposition that people have intrinsic value. But people only have intrinsic value if we're created by God. If we're the example or the result of time plus matter plus chance, there's no real meaning. There's no real goodness or real evil. Those categories are subjective at best. Now, as an intellectual, you may say that, but you don't live like that. You assume that there is genuine evil and there is genuine good. And so you're part of CCV because you want to be part of something that does something good in the world. Compassion, love, and goodness. You do believe in God and things associated with God. But it really makes you nervous when somebody claims that they know what God wants from us. In reality, you're far too intellectual for fanaticism. Your catchphrase is everything in moderation. So when people get too carried away with prayer and Bible study, it makes you a little nervous. Because in your mind, this is your favorite slogan. You love this bumper sticker. You think we should all just get along and all religions are the same. Now, even though Christians believe indeed we should coexist, Jesus says you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And we should love our neighbors as ourselves. Christ's followers know that God has revealed himself in the person of Jesus Christ. And the only reason you know what good and evil are is because God's planted it in you. You have been created with eternity in mind. You get really nervous when Christians talk about Jesus as the way to God and the only way to God. When the preacher preaches, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. You tolerate that, but it makes you a little nervous because, again, you think no one has the truth, except for you, of course. Jesus talked about you. In verse 19, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The reason 
that you have not yet received the gospel is because you don't understand it yet. The spirit of God has not opened your eyes and you of all people need to pray for a Jesus revelation. And if you're as intellectual as you think you are, then I'm asking you to take an intellectual challenge. Pray that God reveal himself to you. You already believe in God. Pray that God will reveal himself to you and open your eyes to the truth of who he is and who Jesus is. If you're willing to take that honest intellectual pursuit, At the end of that 30-day challenge, God will reveal himself to you. Okay? But you've got to seek. And when you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. Thanks for joining us on Today with Jeff Vines. Pastor Jeff's message is The Four Chairs, about where we're sitting on our spiritual journey. Let's continue now. Now, okay, where are you? Okay, chair number one. God is real. Uh, I like good stuff. I like compassion. I like helping people. But these Christians are over the top. Chair number two. Oh, by the way, and I'm far too intellectual to get caught up in that stuff. <laughs> number two, I, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. Uh, I said the magic words and I went into the magic water, but I'm not really going to change my life. I'm my own authority and I will determine what is right and wrong for me. And no Bible or no preacher, or no church is going to help me with it. I'll do it myself. Chair three, man, I love God. I really do. I really want to do the right thing. God exists. Jesus exists. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Hallelujah. He saved me. I said the prayer. I did the baptism thing and I knew what they meant. But I just can't tear myself away from the world. It's just far too important to me to be seen as important to wear the designer clothes and to be in the right crowds. And even though that's not wrong in and of itself, I I, got to tell you, I just don't have a lot of time for things like devotions or a life group or accountability partners or devotions or scripture. I just, you know, I, I want to do, but I come to church on the weekend and isn't that enough? Chair three. None of them are in chair four. You know what my favorite thing about chair four is? They never look at their watch when the pastor goes over time. <laughs> which he's not going to do this weekend. (laughs) Trudy uh, was a lady that got baptized at Southeast Christian Church a couple years ago. My friend Dave Stone, I was in Louisville this week for NACC meetings and uh, there was a baptism service and Trudy comes running up and Dave Stone is a pastor now of a church of 21,000 in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, some of his staff said, hey, man, Trudy's going to be baptized. She's next in line. But, man, I, we hope you can deal with her. But he said, I didn't have time to figure out what, what, what was to deal with. So Trudy comes up, and Trudy is a large woman. And Trudy says, hello, Pastor Dave. My name's Trudy. And Dave says, okay, all right, I'm Pastor Dave. Are you going to be baptized? Yes, I'm going to be baptized. And are you going to be baptized? I'm going to be baptized right now. And Dave says, hey, that's great, Trudy, that's great. But I hear there's a problem. Yeah, there's a problem. Well, what's the problem? I want to play my harmonica. Uh, Excuse me? I want to play my harmonica. I'm going home today. I want to play my harmonica. And Dave said, you know, what do you say? What do you say? And he said, I couldn't think of anything to say, so I just borrowed a line that my father used all the time I was growing up. And I thought, maybe this will work. And I said, Trudy, I can't let you play your harmonica. Why not? Because if I let you play your harmonica, I got to let everybody play their harmonica. Like there's a line of people wanting to play their harmonica in the baptism pool. And she says, okay. And so they baptized Trudy. And as soon as Trudy got out of the baptism water, she walked up the other side of the stairs. She got her harmonica and started to play her harmonica. I'm going home, she said. I'm going home. 
you're not home until you go to the fourth chair. And so I'm asking you, where are you? And to take it seriously. I don't know where you are. I can't judge you, man. That's not my job or anybody else. That's only you and God. But the spirit of God revealed that to you. Now, you don't want to just move from chair one to two and two to three and three. You want to move from chair one to four and two to four and three to four. And the question is, how do you get there? If you're in one of these other chairs, there's only one way. And I didn't come up with it. Jesus did. He said, first thing, you got to repent. You got to acknowledge you're in that chair and get out of it. It's the power of decision. You got to make some changes in your life to get there. Otherwise, you're kidding yourself. Here's the problem with chair three, which is where a lot of people are. Because you're isolating yourself, because you're not with the people of God, guess what's going on with you? You're drifting and drifting and drifting, and you're going to drift so far that one day you're not going to know how far away you've drifted. And when somebody tries to confront you, you're going to be defensive and angry because you're going to say, I live a good moral life. That's not the point, though. The point is, have you moved to chair four? And by the time you get away from chair four, the distance will be so great. When somebody tries to tell you, you're just going to get defensive, going to get angry. Repent, acknowledge where you are and move. If you're in chair one, man, ask God to reveal himself to you. Take the 32 day challenge. Take the 30 day challenge. If you're in chair two, kneel before the cross and say to God, okay, God, I get it now. It's not about me. It's about you. Repent and say, God, it's about you. Do, or to, do with me whatever you need to do to achieve your purposes in my life. You're in chair three. Oh my goodness. You're the most hard-headed because you think you're okay. You got you to get the spiritual disciplines in your life, man. Prayer, Bible study. You got to do it. And be baptized. All right. If you were the kind of person that it was an Easter or Christmas and you saw everybody being baptized and you came up and you got dunked in the water and you said, I've done the magic formula, you don't need to be baptized again. You've been baptized. You just need to start living the way you said you were going to live when you died your old way and was resurrected to your new. The power of choice. No longer in isolation. Live in community with Christian friends. Get in a rooted group. Whatever you have to do. Accountability, make a decision, buy a devotional, read the word, ask God to help you seek him. You know, you can ask God for that. Help me to have a passion for you. That's a good prayer. But if you're in this room and you have never been baptized, I have to ask you why. Any reason you give me is not good. And it's because you're stubborn and you're sitting in chair three and you know it. Sooner or later... And sooner is today. It's time to obey the very simple command that Jesus gave you. Be baptized. There's no reason. There is just no reason. Now, I know the reasons people give. Well, I don't want to get my hair wet in front of everybody. Well, like I said before, uh, whether you got a $10 haircut or a $50 haircut, you're going to all look the same when you come out of the water. And remember what we said. You know, you say, well, I don't want to because I don't know. I just don't want to. (laughs) Do you know the very first words out of Jesus' mouth when he started to teach was what? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does poor in spirit mean? It's the Greek word for humility. The way into the kingdom is through a low, low door. It takes a great amount of humility to admit you know what? I need to be baptized and to walk up here in front of everybody with a black t shirt and towel and get baptized. It's time. 
You put it off long enough. Don't think this is magical water though. Don't think, oh, I thought, no, when you come up and do this, you're signifying to everybody, I'm starting to make efforts in my life to get the chair for. Now listen, some of you, you were baptized as a baby. Not a child, I said a baby, because you come from different backgrounds. In no way do I want to question the salvation of you or your parents. That's not my point here. My point is simply this. According to the New Testament, baptism is not a choice somebody else can make for you. You've got to make it for yourself. If you never made the choice to be baptized on your own and somebody made it for you, you need to be baptized. You need to respond yourself to the command Jesus gives. What shall we do, brothers? Repent and be baptized. Repent, get out of all these chairs and go to chair four. Be baptized. Why? I don't know. I guess there's just something about God that wants to see, are you going to humble yourself and confess me before men and I'll confess you before the father. And finally, there are some of you in the room that I know have not been baptized. Don't make me come out there and get your hand and bring you up here because <laughs> I will. Okay. I won't do that. You know, I wouldn't do that. I would never do that, but it's not because I don't want to come on. At the very least today, repent and get to share for. But if you've never been baptized, man, get up here and we will celebrate. Nobody in here is going to judge you for that. Last time we did these, I think an 80-year-old woman came up and was baptized. Now think about it. She's been a Christian for all of her life. And she said, but nobody ever told me about baptism. I see it in the word. I need to be, we baptized her. Now, if she can do that, come on, on. so can you. Father, I want to thank you and praise you for what you've done in our services so far this week. And I pray right now that your spirit would move and that all excuses would be laid waste, that there would be humility and there would be a call. And Father, that this would be a matter of eternity, that people would feel the sense of urgency here, that man, this is not something to play around with. Jesus said in a command, be baptized. He told the disciples, go into all the world, preaching the gospel, teaching them all things and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself being baptized and was without sin. And yet if he was, surely we can be baptized. Father, I pray to break down the, the, the chains of the evil one who moves in at a time like this to give deterrence. And I pray the power of the Holy Spirit would overwhelm the prince of darkness and suddenly humility and choice and baptism and new life would come in the name of Jesus. And we would live different lives forevermore. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and that's the end of The Four Chairs. If this message has raised some questions about your spiritual journey, there's plenty of resources at our website, vision.org.au. Join us next time for another powerful message from Pastor Jeff Vines. Today with Jeff Vines, just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.